0: Good morning, Victory Church. How you doing? Let me hear you this morning. Good morning. My name is Troy. My wife, Darla and I get the absolute privilege to pastor this church, and I'm so excited today. I don't know that I've ever been more excited to announce a guest speaker. Uh, I want to give you a little bit of history behind our speaker today, Pastor Ron Woods, and then uh, I want us to just go buck wild crazy, as they would say where I grow up for him. Uh, So Pastor Ron and his wife, Kelly, have been in ministry since he was 23 years old. Uh, he's 26 now, so he's been in ministry for three years. I'm just kidding. Uh, been in ministry for 30-plus for years. And uh, when, when Darl and I met him, so I got saved in the church that he was pastoring. And then Darl and I met. He officiated our wedding. Um, pastor was all, My first pastor still is my pastor. And when we got ready to, when we started believing about victory and started planning for it, the first person I called was him and just shared what was going on in my heart. He started stirring that. Um, got behind it, got behind the vision of it, both financially and every aspect. He was behind the vision of victory. And so I don't even know how to tell you how excited I am that he's in our building today to celebrate, to preach vision, to help us dedicate what what God's going to do, is doing, and is going to do. And I didn't share this story uh, in the first service, but I want to share it real quick. Just to give you, he's probably not going to like it too much, but just to give you an aspect of the character of the man that you're about to listen to. Uh, I still to this day think he's the most anointed and best preacher ever, and I've learned everything that I do from him, but I'll never forget this, darling, I were talking about it, we were young, young married, and we were, I was on staff at the church he pastored, and our dryer broke, anybody got any testimonies in here for those of you that have been through that uh. season, and all of our wet clothes were in the back of the car, because I was driving back and forth to laundry mats and things, and I had gone up to the church, and he, we got to talking, and he walked out, and he saw the clothes in the back of my car, and he said, what, what's happening? And he did say He said, what happened? Darley kicked you out? <laughs> and I was like, well, you would think so. Um, but he's, I said, no, you know, our dryer's broken. And he talked to me about it for a minute. He said, hey, come on, jump in the car. And we jumped in his truck, and he drove down to Home Depot and bought me a dryer right there on that spot. And we, I just, so I just want you to understand, he's been this for me for, gosh, 16 to 20 years, not just a a spiritual example, but he's been my pastor, and it's just such a privilege to be able to introduce him to our church, and so here's what I want you to do. Will you stand on your feet and give it up as loud as you can for Pastor Ron Woods? Good
1: morning, everybody. Great to see all of you. God bless you as you're seated. Uh, In the most humble way that I can, let me tell you that Kelly, my wife, and I are so incredibly proud of Pastor Troy and Darla and their family. Um, Thank you for seeing all of this and us in your heart so that we could all be here in person. I would much rather see a sermon, then hear a sermon any day. There must be the preaching of the Word, but when you get to see a sermon, it makes it so much more uh, life-changing. He is going to be leading you through a series called Living the Dream. One of the blessings of life for me is to help people dream, to dream again, to dream bigger, and we'll, we'll do some of that here today. But I just want you to know that we are not going to live the dream. Victory Church, you are living the dream. The dream is happening. The dream is being pulled out of just a place where it's a thought to where it's reality. And thank you. Thank you because years ago when this stirred in you, it wasn't just something. It was all of us. A dream for people to to have a church family. Before the first service and after the first service, visiting with people who would say, When we came here, we it it became home, it became family. I know you agree, but you could put a strong amen right here. The church matters. The church matters. This building is not the church. You are the church. But let me say this, after coming through what we've been through the last couple of years, uh, the power, it's not in the building, but it is in the gathering. Going to church also matters. We are the church, but we need to prioritize going to church as never before. The power is in this gathering, and do you know that They say there's a technology coming that will ultimately be able to open up the sound waves of everything that's ever been said in this room. So you've been here, what, four weeks now? So there's a good four sermons in this room. They're just locked up in sound waves that we don't have the technology to open. But there is soon coming the day where they say we'll be able to open those sound waves and just imagine one year from now two years from now when people come to church even though online is is an incredible tool it's not a replacement it's not a replacement for going to church and so as we gather here's the reason people will leave and say there was just there was something powerful in that gathering haven't you felt the presence of god as we have worshiped today well you know what else you're feeling You are feeling the force of every sermon, of every worship experience that has happened in this room. It is the power of God. When God said, let there be light, light took off at, what, 186,000 miles per second. And that light, that word, is still traveling today. The word is alive. The word is working. The word is building don't forsake the assembling of yourselves. You are the church, not the building, but the power is in the gathering. Can I get an amen right there? Um, thank you. Thank you for being great people. I'm not spending my days now trying to develop great leaders. I want to develop great people who lead. Because people who lead that aren't great within their character get power that they can't handle. And so you end up seeing, and we're getting a fresh reminder of what happens when people have more power than character. There is a meltdown. I'm thankful that your pastor and his wife, they love God. They love each other. They love their family. They love you. They are the real deal. I've been with them in private, and they're the same there as they are here. Can we one more time honor your pastor, and his wife today. Amen. And if you're new, you got to come back next week because he is one of the best preachers you will ever hear. And then Darla is speaking on Mother's Day. And I just tell you, the Lord must love you all because you've been blessed with the best. Living the dream. As you live the dream, you are going to end someone's nightmare. Because Jesus is central to all that you are. Because Jesus is the message of this church. That is the life-changing power. Before the first service, uh, Pastor Troy asked me in front of the worship team, what's the funniest thing that's ever happened to me in, in church for the last 33 years? And ironically, it happened on an Easter Sunday. Uh, we're all fresh from Easter. And so back when I was like, I think I was 28 we decided we would dramatize the, the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. So we developed the tomb and stone's gonna roll away. Jesus is gonna step out in this incredible light, great music playing. Uh, but through just a series of errors, when Jesus came out of the grave, the song White Limousine came on. <laughs> that, that just, I can just tell you, that quenches the spirit really fast. And so Jesus standing there and knowing it's the wrong song and it's one of the worst for the resurrection of Jesus, uh, he just finally dropped his hands, turned around, and went back in the tomb. (laughs) What do you do when Jesus goes back in the tomb? I was 6'2 when I started pastoring. This is what I'll do to you right here. But as as I was thinking about that, I told the first service, didn't intend to tell that story, but when I told them, I thought, you know, there's something I should say. We're living in a culture right now that is trying to put Jesus back in the tomb. It's trying to make Jesus nothing more than a theory and reduce Christianity to a philosophy. And the culture is working intentionally and strategically to disciple you and your kids away from the truth of Scripture which is the truth about Jesus. And when you live the dream, you end someone's nightmare because you are a people who don't believe in a theory. You believe in the truth. The truth is not a concept. The truth is a person. His name is Jesus. He is alive. He has risen from the dead. Come on. He broke the chains of sin. Keep clapping. He broke the chains of death. He broke the chains of the grave. He broke the chains of hell, and he is alive. So then when people come here, addictions can be broken. Sins can be forgiven. Sicknesses can be healed. Hope overcomes hopelessness. Light overcomes the deep down darkness of human pain. You are living the dream. It's going to end somebody's nightmare. Praise God that we get to be the church. I have one verse today and I want to help us dream together. I want to help us live the dream. In Ephesians chapter 3 verse 20, Paul writing says, "Now to him that is Jesus, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church." And in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. And let everybody say, Amen. If we're going to live the dream, we have to experience the power of Ephesians 3.20. It is the power that goes beyond human talent, human resource, human effort. We cannot storm the gates of hell and prevail in our own talent, in our own ideas, in our own effort." Effort matters. Talent matters. Resources matter. But apart from the favor, apart from the blessing, apart from the empowerment of a God who can do immeasurably more, then we cannot live the God-sized dream. The God-sized dream that, you, that God has for you and for this faith family is going to be bigger than who we are in our talent, in our effort, in our wisdom, in our resources. So how do we live in the power that's immeasurably more than we can even imagine? That's the key. And I want to I press in to that question. Do this with me. On the count of three, would you say potential? One, two, three. Now, I'm going to count to three again, and I want you to say it with some passion, with some volume. Are you ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Potential. So what you just did is not something that suddenly you acquired an ability to do and uh, that you didn't have before. That level of saying potential was there the first time. We just had to find a way to open it up. We had, to find a, we had to put a demand on it. So what I'm asking today is, is, on three, say potential again even louder. One, two, three. Potential. If that would represent the power of God, how do we live in that? Not potential. And so I want to use the feeding of the 5,000 as a way to get at this answer. You know the story. Jesus has been doing miracles. And now he is at the, toward the end of the day. But people have found out where he was. And at that place of Bethsaida, crowds gathered. And Jesus, being Jesus, had compassion and continued to perform miracles. Then Jesus says, it's getting late. And he looked at his disciples, his church, and said, you need to feed them. They said, Lord, we can't possibly feed them. We don't have the food. We don't have the money to go buy the amount of food this will take. There's no place that can produce this. And and the church, if you will allow me to liken the disciples to the church, they said, send them away. Send them where they can go figure this out for themselves. And so I would just say, as it relates to getting into this level of power, this immeasurably more It starts with growing in the character and nature of God so that we can experience the attributes of God. The power of multiplication, the power that multiplied five loaves and two fish, that was a God thing. That was an attribute of God called his power that made that happen. What we would like is for the power to just happen without growing in the character that opens the power. If they would have had more compassion, their focus was on their resource or the lack thereof rather than people who were in need. And if we will grow in compassion, what I've seen is when we move in compassion, it opens the favor, the power, the miraculous manifestation of God. I want to be very honest with you, an honest talk. Like, let's not just say, God can do anything. And he can do anything through us. Well, how does that happen? What is the reality of leaving here and actually believing that the power that we read of Ephesians 3.20 will happen? And one workable lead is that if you and I will not just believe in compassion, because you can believe in compassion, you can have thoughts of compassion, but in reality, compassion is about action. Anytime Jesus had compassion, he was moved To action. There are a lot of churches that believe in compassion. But they don't act on that belief. There are a lot of churches. Nobody would stand and say we shouldn't have compassion. But it's a different level. To find people who are actually moved by the compassion they have. And those who are. Are those who start walking in a power that's immeasurable. Thank you for having compassion you realize that's what's expanding your territory. The favor of God, the blessing of God, results are happening because you're being moved with compassion. Secondly, own what you have with gratitude. He said, Jesus said, what do you have? And they said, but it's five loaves and two fish. And they go, what is this among so many? One version says, they said, we have five loaves and two small fish. Only time fishermen were ever honest. Right there. I've gone fishing. I never, I'm like, it was at least this big. It was a minnow. It was. And they're like, we have two. And, And they are so despising what they had. Their thought was, if we had the food, we would feed them. How many times do you watch people say, I would do this if, if I had this, I would do this. If I had more talent, if I had more time, if I had more money. But when we say I would, when we think like that, we're despising what we do have. You and I, we can count the seeds in an apple, but we can't count the apples in a seed. And we'd say, oh, if I just had apples, but all I have is seeds despising the very thing that will not only get you what you want but way more than what you want. If we could learn to with gratitude, all I am is a sack lunch. We've got enough people in this room with enough stories. I can't match this moment. I don't have enough, enough talent, enough charisma, enough insight, enough discernment to for you and you and you to leave here going, that, it seemed like that message was for me. Without, gar- w- without doubt, people will leave here, and somebody that's sitting on this side will come up to you and say, it's like you and I are the only ones in the room. It's like, have you been, like, listening into to my phone calls? Are you like Amazon? You listen to everything? Uh, like, you, you, it's like, you just you just spoke so, it, it was, that was for me. and But someone over here leaves, and they say, have you been listening in? It's like, how does that happen? Because God takes who we are, puts a blessing on it, multiplies it, and everybody gets fed. I would say if we will appreciate what we have and then give it. Whoever you are, whatever you have, give it to God and watch what he'll do. This is where, to me, the church gets to move into a zone that separates you from being an average church to a great church, being a person of mediocrity versus a person of spiritual influence. It's where you become comfortable operating from a deficit. Not weakness, neglect, or distraction. But you realize that no matter how many resources you get of time, of talent, or money, up against the need that is in the world, it will always seem so small. But you will know that any miracle of Scripture always happened where there was a deficit. There was a widow, she had just a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil, and she said her words, I'm going to make one more meal, and my son and me, we're going to die. And the prophet said, well, are you willing to give it to God? And she did, and then you know the story. Out of what was so small, it became big. Little became much. You've got Goliath and David, and he uses a slingshot. Every miracle that you read about is where people knew there was a deficit. But it's going to take God no matter what. I have way more resources right now in my ministry than I've ever had. But up against the need of the world, it's just a sack lunch. It's too small, fish. Like, but instead of despising that, I'm grateful for what I have. I'm expectant because I'm going to give it all to God. And maybe I came by here to say all these things, but to certainly say this to your pastors and to you, that as you live the dream, if you're really going to live it, you're going to live it, you're going to live it knowing that God is more than enough. They start with a sack lunch that they despised, but they ended up giving it to God. God placed a blessing on it. Read it carefully. Jesus didn't go feed the 5,000. The miracle happened with those around him, and they went and dispersed it. The miracle is going to happen within a church that has faith and a church that will give to God who they are and what they have. The miracle happens. Now you have something That will feed a multitude. The miracle didn't happen among the multitude. The miracle happened among the disciples, and they went and distributed it. And when they were done, there were 12 baskets left over. They start with something that wasn't enough, wasn't close to enough. What is this among so many? To the point, send them away. We can't dare feed until when it's over and God is finished. There are 12 baskets left over. Here is the way we open up that God of immeasurably more than we could imagine. You own what you have with gratitude and give it to God. Hey, it's not enough anyway. Why hoard? Why despise? Why not just give it to God with gratitude and let him bless it until it's more than enough? Talk about operating from a deficit in 2017. I started having a struggle with my voice, and I thought it was a vocal cord issue, but it ended up it was a breathing issue, a, a narrowing of my airway. Now to discover that, I, I started CAT scans, MRIs at the beginning of 2018, and it wasn't until the end of 2018 that they discovered what the issue was. There's still no cause that they've ever discovered, just we know the issue. As my, my airway narrows. And so what happened in 2018 and 2019 and 2020 and a lot of 2021, I would wake up on a Sunday morning not even knowing if I could talk. And I, I have two campuses. I preach on Saturday night and twice on Sunday. And this issue is when it's really bad, my body will empty of air while I'm speaking. And I had to literally regulate how I would preach if I had an extended passage to read. I couldn't even, I would have to get my wife to read it because before I could get through the, the verses, I would be out of air. And so I would be so frustrated. I mean, a year ago on Easter, you know, you're, you're wanting to be at your best, right? And I can, I wake up and go, like, can I talk? I'm dealing with doctors saying it could be Parkinson's setting up in your throat. It could be rheumatoid arthritis in your throat. You probably got cancer somewhere, we just can't find it. Uh, All of these different possibilities, none of which ever turned out to be true. Just the fact proven by CAT scans, it's like I am breathing through a straw. And so I would go to church And can I, I just want to testify, and you can go back, because every sermon I've ever preached is, uh, it is on iTunes or it's on YouTube, and and you will see, somehow, I would walk from my seat to the platform going, God, I don't, this isn't going to work. But I did say, I'll use what I have. And every time, Somehow. How? Because he's more than enough. He would take the limits. He would take the challenges. And he would put a blessing. And Kelly at times would say, it was like there was no problem. I would come off a platform and by the time I got home, couldn't breathe. But when I was preaching, God, and he did it. Now, I don't know how that might minister to you. But I just want to tell you that God is more than enough. Now, I'm also able to tell you that I've had five surgeries since 2020. And last weekend, I preached Friday night. I preached twice on Saturday night, twice on Sunday, five times in three days. At the end of the fifth sermon, my voice was stronger than the first. It is like night and day to the way I was, how I'm able to talk with ease and breathe with ease right now. It is so different I'm here to tell you that God is God, and God is good, and God is able, and whatever you're going through, you just give God what you have. And he'll put a blessing on it, and it'll be more than enough. If you believe that, put some praise right there. He's more than enough. I want the worship team to come back. Let me just rehearse with you. If I'll be moved by the character of God to develop the character of God, it opens the capacity of his power and his attributes. If I will own what I have, not despise it, but be thankful for what I have and give it fully, that's where a blessing gets on it and it becomes way more than you could ever imagine when you live with the expectation that God is one of So imagine, imagine the disciples being told by Jesus, hey, feed the multitude. And they said, let's do it. And Jesus said, what do you have? Well, uh, Andrew found this little boy. Thank God for the mom who packed that lunch. Great Mother's Day sermon. (laughs) And they took that lunch, and Jesus put a blessing on it. What if they had said, here. And among themselves are going, I wonder how God's going to do this. Oh, how awesome. See, if we live that way. Hey, he's more than enough. He's out in front. He's going to make a way. That's, his, that's who he is, a way maker. He's a provider. That's who he is. So what if we woke up with expectations like, I wonder. I know he's going to do it. I just wonder how. And I get to live in faith. I get to give him what I have and watch how he's going to make it more than enough. What a life. What if they had done that? Just make sure that unlike them, when you go to Jesus, remember who he is. He's the king. They had spent the entire day with Jesus, who the entire day had been opening blind eyes, causing people who couldn't walk to walk they had watched one miracle after the other and if you read this passage in matthew the crowds followed jesus and so he continued to do miracles and then he said feed them and they go well how could that ever happen he's the king arnold palmer a great golfer was invited by a prince He said i want you to come over and give me golf lessons he said sure he goes over spends three days with him he's leaving to return home he'd been placed in the palace and flown over on the the prince the 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 king's private jet going to be flown back home and the king the prince says hey i want to give you a gift you've given me your time and given me golf lessons this is just to be around you this historic golfer i want to give you a gift and Arnold said, no, nah. he said, being with you and being here is gift enough. He said, it will offend me. I've got to give you a gift. He said, okay, I collect golf clubs. The king said, that's all I needed to know. Arnold flies home, and two weeks later, he gets what's equivalent to a FedEx package in the mail, and he opens it. and It's a deed. It's from the king, and it's a deed to an 18-hole golf course with a clubhouse, restaurant, swimming pool, pro shop and Arnold says for a minute he he was just shocked and then it dawned on him wait a minute I was thinking putter iron or maybe a driver but when you tell a king that you collect golf clubs a king thinks differently Walk on a platform going how am I going to preach hey Jesus how am I going to preach and the very breath it took to ask him that I was forgetting he made that breath and I would walk off going little is much when God's in it if your marriage is weak, give it to God. If your health is weak, give it to God. and Give it in faith. Because He's the King. And He thinks differently. Would you stand with me, everybody? Out of those five surgeries, I've become very familiar with a lot of anesthesiologists. And, and I've learned that As they talk to me, hey, we're putting you under. We'll see you when this is done. Here's what happens. I I wake up with somebody going, do you know your name? What's your name? And I would hold, as I could, conversations. and, And the anesthesiologist would say, I'm watching your eyes. And when I can see, you can focus and you know your name then I know you're awake. There's been so many things that's tried to distract us over the last couple of years, church. So many things that's tried to rob our focus and as a result, our identity. Let's be awakened today to the great God we serve, King of kings and Lord of lords. I will know you're awake and you will know you're awake if you know who you are. Do you know who? What's your name? Son of God. You're a daughter of God. You never let the one who hates you define you. You let the one who created you and loves you define you. Before he formed you, he knew you. He formed you with plans and a purpose not to harm you, but plans to bless you, to prosper you, to make your life count. Plans to give you everything you need for life and godliness. Plans to redeem you, to change you, forgive you, and empower you. Plans. Plans for you. Do you know who you are? Because if you do, then you are awakened spiritually. And if, if we were to say, what does this region need from Victory Church? A church that's awakened to the greatness of who God is and to who we are in Him. A church that's encountering God, a church whose message is Jesus, a church who's moving in full surrender, and has faith that God can do anything. Do you, we just sang it early? Do you see what I see? That the grave is empty. Because if you do, then you know anything is possible. There's not a marriage He can't reconcile. There's not a sickness He cannot heal. There's not an addiction He cannot break. God can do anything. Be awakened. Awakened. Victory is a presence. Victory Church is a force. John talked about cold churches and churches that once had the reputation of life, but now they're dead. You know what Victory Church is? A church that is moving forward in the power and the greatness of God. And here's your description. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. You're living the dream. Come on. You're living the dream. You are living the tree. Thank you, Jesus. With your eyes closed, we're going to sing this song. And it's a song of identity. And I just wanted to rush over you. Who God is. Who you are. You know what's going on in your life and how you are receiving this message. And just allow it to be embedded in your life. If you don't know Jesus, ask him to forgive you of your sins to make you a new are you tired tired of struggling just say God I surrender if you need to rededicate you've lost focus it's time to get the fire back then say Lord I rededicate my heart to you if there's an area that's requiring you to trust be reminded he's the God of more than enough don't you despise where you are and what you have with gratitude say if even if it's a little i'll give it to you in faith and let you put a blessing on it so i want you to sing this be awakened to what we've talked about today let's lead it one thank you jesus you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's sing it. You take me. So i thank you for this amazing incredible church i thank you for every person in this room not one here by accident but by design they are here today and make you minister the full impact of all that you are and what you have shown us through your word today we give you praise I want to invite Pastor Troy and Darla, would you just come and face your church, just stand right here, facing your church. We're going to pray a prayer of dedication. I join Pastor Troy and Darla, and I join you in living the dream. Holy Spirit, how awesome to be in the midst of an unfolding miracle, a dream that is becoming reality. It started with just a seed that you knew all that was in the seed, the thought. We call it vision. And because, Lord, you put it in their heart and they started to pray and started to plan, and they moved on that thought, we're at this place in the life of Victory Church. God, you knew when you stirred their heart with the very thought of planting this church that we would be in this building at this time God you know the future you know what will be happening one year, five years, ten years from now you know and God what we are dedicating our lives to is to be moved with compassion to being a church that doesn't just say stuff but a church that will do stuff And that by our good works, it will turn people to you and give us an opportunity to have a conversation. And God, as this church is moved with a heart for people, then you're going to open up the power that makes things happen that otherwise would never happen. God, I thank you that from day one, you gave them a vision. They gave it back to you with their full faith. And here we are at this place. And in this time, and God, you are just getting started. This room is going to hold so many stories of life change because every day they wake up with a gratitude to you and to work while it's day, to press with a passion to advance the church because time is running out. I thank you that you are the center and you are central. You are the message of this church. You're what this church is all about. And so God, I pray as they offer every resource to you, that you would place multiplication on it. Multiply every resource, I pray. We dedicate this day, this building, this season And we are believing for a spirit of multiplication on every resource. God, we already see it. We've gone from a thought to where we are today, two services of building. God, we are living in a dream becoming reality. And then, God, I pray, I pray with all of my heart that if Pastor Troy and Darla wake up to a challenge and they don't know how it's going to work out, that they will be anchored by the truth that you are more than enough. That as this church weathers the seasons and the storms of life, that they would know that you are more than enough. That your church, everything else will be shaken, but your church, because we're built on the rock, will stand the test. And when the storm passes, we remain as a testimony to the keeping power of God on Christ the solid rock we are established we're blessed we're fortified we're strong Lord God we wake up every day to a God who's more than enough let this faith family not just have a concept of you but may they know you and may that intimate fellowship that they have with you may it expand the capacity of God's power that is flowing in and through them and i dedicate this season i dedicate this building we dedicate this time to you knowing that the gates of hell shall not prevail against us in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit and everybody said give the lord the best praise of the day he's good